Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues have moved to 2-0 on the regular season, defeating the Seattle Kraken 4-3 in overtime. It was a game of ups and downs, not all positives, but definitely still something to be proud of. So I'm going to be going into that, breaking that down. And then the St. Louis Blues earlier today revealed their reverse retro uniform. So I'm going to be talking about that, giving my reactions. Do we like it? Do we hate it? If you want to know my thoughts, you're going to have to stay tuned for this episode. going to be a fun one. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, as always, Josh Hyman. If this is your first time joining the show, welcome, welcome. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Blues. You can follow the show on YouTube at Lockdown Blues. We just passed 500 subscribers. I want to thank each and every one of you uh, individually. So I'm going to say thank you 500 times uh, right now. No, just kidding. Jokes aside, um, Seriously, thanks for that support. Uh, eight years old, you know, watching YouTube, 500 subscribers, these milestones. I, I didn't think I would ever get to that point. So it might seem small compared to some of these other big guys out there, but it's it's still something that I'm proud of, and I couldn't have done it without y'all. Uh, your support and the fact that the regular season just started means the, the sky is the limit. So seriously appreciate all the support. If you're not on YouTube, you're missing out. Uh, you can see my beautiful face every day. You can see these jerseys behind me. Sometimes I show my cat. Oh, which speaking of, speaking of my cat, another reason to be on YouTube. Uh, my, I got a wonderful gift in the mail. is St. Louis Blues cat collar. So uh, thanks to my girlfriend for that. Um, my my new cat is going to be a fully decked out Blues fan now. Um, they could use one more supporter, especially one um, as cute and cuddly as my cat. But uh, <laughs> anyways, we're off on a tangent now. Um, anyone that's returning here, you know, this isn't your first time to the show. Thanks for making Lockdown Blues your first listen. The show is completely free and available on all podcast platforms. Um, but yeah, another good thing about YouTube is that I can show pictures. I can show images. So later in this episode, when I'm talking about the reverse retro jerseys, I'm actually going to be pulling up a picture. So if you somehow haven't seen it yet and you're listening to the show on Spotify or Apple podcast or whatever, come to the YouTube video. Uh, I'll be showing the the jersey for a few seconds giving my thoughts about it but that's later the blues played a game now the blues don't play a lot of games and i want to complain about that real quick so heading into um last night's slate of games every team in the nhl had played at least three games besides one and that is your st louis blues the st louis blues play 10 games in the first 30 days of the regular season um those 30 days starting no uh, October 11th, not even in the October 7th games, if I wanted to be real petty about it. Um, Blues play 10 games in 30 days, so that's the average of a game every three days. And then after that, they go through a 15-day stretch where they play nine games. So just as many games in half the amount of time. And then I think it's... I don't remember what the deal is, but their last 31 games take place over about 60 days. So they open up the season playing a game every three days, and then they will close the season playing a game every other day for two months straight. Um, 
look, I'm not going to blame the NHL scheduling. Um, the Blues are 2-0, you know? They, they don't look like a team that's barely played any games. But you worry about injuries. You worry about guys staying healthy. You worry about guys recovering from injuries. And 31 games in 60-ish game, or 31, yeah, 31 games in 60-ish days is not the greatest. Um, but it is what it is. You know, Blues aren't the only team in a situation like that, so can't complain too much. But whatever. Let's get into the game that they have played, one of two that they have played. The Blues took on the Seattle Kraken in Seattle. Um, only the uh, fifth time, fourth time the teams have played each other, and the first time that Jaden Schwartz played against the St. Louis Blues in his career. That was obviously a little emotional, a little sad. Yeah, he was injured last few times they played, I believe. Um, Jordan Benson got the start. For the St. Louis Blues, Martin Jones got the start for the Seattle Kraken, a familiar face for Blues fans. Uh, he has been uh, playing against us for as long as I can remember. Uh, early in the game, back and forth, good offensive pressure from the Blues leads to Jordan Cairo getting his first goal of the year, for, assisted from Colton Pareko and Nick Letty. Uh, Jordan Cairo just picks the puck up on the boards, turns, cuts towards the net, makes a good move, and fires it into the empty cage not even the empty cage just fired it past martin jones um that was probably a goal that martin jones might have wanted back uh but it is jordan Cairo. he is incredibly skilled uh and does a very very good job of just finding seams like that so you know i'm not going to knock that and it's nice to see jordan Cairo get off and running with his first of many goals this season unfortunately that lead didn't last long as borgen for the seattle kraken who had himself a pretty good game i've noticed him a lot uh, scored a goal from Alex Wenberg and Oliver Bjorkstrand. Um, one of a few goals that I don't really feel like you can fault Jordan Bennington on too much. He could have had the save, yeah, but it was a loose puck out front. Um, play could have been avoided, could have been a, um, you know, could have been some better rebound control, whatever. I'm not too upset about that goal. It happens. And then the Blues went on to do what they have done in now two games, and they scored two goals in less than 20 seconds. Uh, about a minute after the Borgen goal, Braden Shen gets his first of the season, assisted from Vladimir Tarasenko and Robert Thomas. Um, great play there. Kind of just a loose scramble out front. Braden Shen takes a few whacks at it before eventually scoring and putting the Blues up 2-1. to one. And then immediately after that, Braden Shen passes the puck to Vladimir Tarasenko pretty much right off the faceoff. Tarasenko and Justin Falk go in on a 2-on-1. Tarasenko makes the pass to Falk. Falk shows tremendous patience, waits out Martin Jones, and puts a backhander in to give the Blues a 3-1 lead. And that is how the first period came to an end. Now, in this upcoming second segment, and... Um, we're going to, we're going to be getting into the shaky second period and then the third period and overtime in this game. Make sure you stay tuned for that. But before I get into that, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at bet online. Now bet online, of course, is your number one source for all your sports betting content. You can get everything, every sport you could think of hockey, football, baseball, even golf, MMA, boxing, uh, it's great. They got tons of stuff. They don't just have sports betting either. They also have news and, and sports scores and future odds and even podcasts and stuff. So it's really your number one hub for all your, your sports information. Uh, me personally, what am I looking at? I'm looking at Jake Neighbors, Calder candidate. I'm looking at Jordan Bennington, Vesna candidate. That's that's one thing. I'm not, I don't have the odds in front of me, 
But I don't think Jordan Bennington is going to be super favored for the Vesna. And I, man, do I think he's got a good chance of um, of being, having a really strong season, especially based on his showing in these first two games. Uh, and the Blues, obviously, Stanley Cup. I think they're like plus 3,000, something like that. Uh, just go to bet online. Check out all the odds. They got such great stuff there. Um, BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your sports betting action. We'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, so the Blues came in to the second period, uh, an area where they had struggled a little bit in the first game of the season, giving up two goals in about 15 seconds. And the second period was once again a struggle for the St. Louis Blues. They couldn't really string together a lot of offensive pressure. Um, it felt like a, it felt like an instance where they would get the puck in the zone, cycle it around once, and then just you know turn the puck over or or lose a puck battle and Seattle will go down the other way. Fortunately, Jordan Biddington stood very tall. He had a spectacular save across the crease. I don't know at what point in the game it was. I don't remember. Um, but I guess I'll use this opportunity to talk about Jordan Biddington. I think Jordan Biddington was really really good in this game. Um. Let's just get the two goals in this second period out of the way so I can just talk about it as a whole. Uh, there was a breakaway goal. Only so much you can do there. Uh, that's more on the defense and just the, the guys on the ice than Jordan Bennington. You know, you're gonna st- you're not going to stop breakaways every time. Um, and unfortunately, you know, this was an instance where he was unable to. Um, and then there was the goal that kind of deflected off of Tory Krug. And I see a lot of people like, oh, uh, Tory Krug, what the heck? What are you doing? Um, and at the end of the day, it's like, um, at the end of the day, it's like you can't really blame anyone for that. Like Tory Krug probably shouldn't have put his stick in there and deflected that puck, but those things happen. You know, there's going to be bad bounces throughout the course of an NHL season. Um, it was a frustrating one for sure, uh, but at the end of the day, I think what you really got to look at is how the Blues responded to those two goals. You know, the Donato goal on the breakaway was very frustrating. Frustrating. Jordan Bennington made a spectacular save, and Donato kind of just stuck with it. The puck was loose. It found the back of the net. And then there was the deflection goal as well, um, where it bounced off of Tory Krug's stick. The only goal that you could really say that Jordan Bennington had a chance to save is the first one. And at this at, at the same time, it's not like you look at that and be like, oh, man, he really should have come up with that one. All three goals for the Kraken were probably deserved, at least from like a goaltending standpoint. Um, the one thing that worries me a little bit is the defense. I think the defense has been hanging Jordan Bennington out to dry a little bit too much, and now this is the second time in two consecutive games that the Blues have blown a multi-goal lead. Obviously, they've been fortunate enough to win both of those games, but you know they played a team in Columbus who's about average, and they played a team in Seattle who's probably not a playoff team. If you play with that sort of lack of intensity and the ability to give up multi-goal leads against a team like Colorado, Tampa Bay, Florida, Boston, Washington, um, Calgary, any of these top teams in the league, you're not going to win as easily as you have in these first two games. And it's good that they're sort of getting this out now, I guess, early in the season. It makes sense. It's very similar to what we saw last year from the St. Louis Blues um, in their defense. I still think it's better than what we saw last year for the St. Louis Blues in their defense, but it's definitely something that they need to get worked out. Um, so let's finish talking about the rest of the this game, and then I'll get into the overall game thoughts as a whole. 
Uh, the rest of the second period goes fine. You know, there's only about a minute left after that uh, that tying goal. And then the third period happens, and that's where I was really impressed with this team. Uh, similar to what happened in their first game, you know, they definitely had the opportunity to uh, fold under the pressure of blowing a multi-goal lead, and they didn't. They definitely put some good offensive pressure on. One thing that I was a little disappointed with was the power play. I don't think the Blues' power play was quite as good as it could have been. They passed the puck really well in the power play. Um, they they had a couple good scoring chances, but the Seattle Kraken gifted them with three power plays in the first period, and the Blues just didn't capitalize. Um, if the Kraken didn't get three penalties in the first period, I think the Blues might have had more opportunities later on in the game. I didn't see anything super egregious, but I definitely think the refs sort of swallowed their whistle after calling three penalties in like the first 10 minutes of the game, it felt like, uh, against Seattle. But... You know, Seattle was like one of the worst teams on the on penalty kill uh, heading into that game, and the Blues didn't capitalize, so that was a little disappointing there. Uh, but the third period, I think, went really well. Um, it was all the best parts of this team besides the offense. You know, the defense was strong enough. The defense did a good job, and Jordan Bennington continued his incredibly strong campaign. I know we've only seen two games from him, but he looks really, really good. And then we get into overtime. And the Blues do a good job of holding off the initial pressure from the Seattle Kraken before Justin Falk gets his second goal of the evening and celebrates accordingly. Um, just sort of your typical three-on-three overtime goal, passing around, high slot shot. Justin Falk finds the back of the net. Game over. Good night. A uh, couple good storylines there. Vladimir Tarasenko gets his third assist of the evening. He has honestly looked like the best player on the ice for the Blues throughout these two games he's got himself now two goals and three assists i'm not sure did he get an assist in in game one yeah two goals and three assists for five points in two games just looks like an absolute man on a mission jordan Cairo got himself his first goal of the year uh robert thomas got himself a couple assists he's got two assists bringing his assist total up to three in two games would love to see him find the back of the net soon and then Braden shen Braden shen has looked really good. He's looked healthy. He's got himself a goal and three assists in the first two games, and that's something that is really, really important. You know, Shen was a guy that is really important to this team and was definitely playing injured the last season or so, so having him be fully healthy um, is a really good thing. Now, there is one aspect of this Blues team that I think can't can't exist the way that it has been in the first two games for much longer, and that is the fourth line. Um, the fourth line has been absolutely hemmed in in the first two games, uh, they've been on the ice for pretty much all pressure against. They haven't really generated much offense at all. Um, no scoring chances really whatsoever from that fourth line. And they've been giving up a lot of scoring chances. They've been holding their own. They haven't been completely trounced. You know, they're still playable. But I think we are in line for some personnel changes on that fourth line. Hopefully Logan Brown gets healthy soon. Um, I think he can bring some more identity to that line. It really isn't one player at all. Like I've liked what I've seen out of Toropchenko. At times, I've liked what I've seen out of Nathan Walker uh, at times. Um, but overall, in Nolachari as well, I just think overall those guys are, they need a little bit of a shakeup. Um, whether it's new personnel, whatever it may be, that fourth line needs to be a net positive for the St. Louis Blues if they're going to have success this year. And they haven't quite gotten to that point yet. So that being said, Blues are still 2-0. You know, there aren't any pictures on the on the uh, in the standings. You don't see how they get there as long as they're 2-0. So hopefully they can build on that, learn from their mistakes, and continue to move forward and get some more wins because they play the Edmonton Oilers in their next game, uh, in two out of their three next games, and that team is not a joke. If you 
start start blowing multi-goal leads against Connor McDavid and the Oilers, you're going to have a bad time. So hopefully the Blues can learn from those mistakes. That being said, this upcoming third and final segment is going to be all about the Blues reverse retro. Uh, given my thoughts, all that good stuff and more, make sure you stay tuned. Be right back. All right, so earlier today, every team in the NHL revealed their reverse retro uniforms, and the Blues obviously were part of that as well. I'm going to put the picture up on the screen here a little bit, but before I do, I want to flash you back to September 5th, 2022. I did a mailbag episode, and someone asked me, what do I want to see out of the reverse retro this year? And my quote was something along the lines of, you know, the Blues have done a lot of a lot of traditional blue, a lot of tra- even a little bit of the the um, off the wall red, but there is only one primary color that um, on their uniform that they have not, uh, or one color on their uniform that they have not used as a primary color yet. And that is yellow, and I said at the time like it would be bold, it would be you know it's really hit or miss. There's some yellow jerseys in the league that I really hate, but I would love to see the Blues do it. And I I kind of just you know I didn't see any report about that. I was just thinking you know what. Yeah, I mean, you could look at the jersey behind me. You see, you see a little bit of red. You see a little bit of white. You see a little blue. You see a little bit of yellow. It was a no-brainer. Um, so I, I made that prediction, and then sure enough, here we are today. I'm going to put the picture up on the screen. So if you're not on YouTube and you haven't seen the reverse retro jersey, come to this video right now. I'm putting it up on screen before I talk about it, and here it is. Is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. I I've seen mixed mixed reviews for this jersey. Um, Let's let's start with the let's start with the logo, the old-fashioned St. Louis Blues logo. I'm pretty sure this was a concept logo. I don't think it was ever actually used on any uniforms. But I love it. You got the big pronounced um, music note with only one little uh, what's that whatever that thing is called. I'm gonna get it wrong, and music people are gonna be mad at me. So one little tail sticking out of it um, versus the normal blues jerseys have uh, four four five. The old-timey St. Louis Blues in in old classic font. Uh, which I really like. It, it's very big. It, it's at the center. It really dominates the jersey, which I like. Um, and you got the stripes, which I think are really classy. The, the blue outline with the white stripes, I think, complement the jersey really, really well. The blue on the sleeves and the blue on the shoulders are perfect complements as well. You're not really doing too much, but you're you're still sticking it. You're sticking with the classic St. Louis blues, and it also kind of matches the color scheme of the um, of their other jerseys that they have, where the bottom of the sleeves are a different color, and then the numbers obviously are that. Uh, that powder blue as well um, and then you get to the, the primary color and you have that yellow uh, which I think works really well I think it pops I think it complements the blue a lot um, and overall I'm just really really happy with this jersey um, I honestly might go ahead and pick one up I haven't got a blue jersey in a while you see the Jordan Cairo jersey on the wall behind me right there in number 33 so I don't even have an updated Jordan Cairo jersey I have one Robert Thomas jersey uh, I got a Tarasenko jersey I got an O'Reilly jersey and I got a, excuse me, a Binnington jersey. So I don't know what I'm in the market for next. Is it another Jordan Kyber jersey? Is it another Robert Thomas jersey? Is it like a Pavel Buchnevich jersey? I don't know. Let me guys, let me know in the comments what you guys think I should do for my next jersey. I'm definitely in the market for one. And I think this new reverse retro is going to be the one I pulled the trigger on. I wanted to give a couple thoughts on some of the other reverse retros while we have the time. Um, my favorite reverse retro including the St. Louis Blues, is the Florida Panthers one. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I don't have pictures of all of them, just the Blues one, but go to, go look up a list online if, you, if you're if confused as to what I'm talking about. The Florida Panthers have a really nice one with that uh, with that pale blue 
um kind of looks just looks like a beach day it almost looks like miami vice coloring a little bit i think that jersey is really really nice um the bruins did a good throwback with their old they call it the Pooh bear on it um i think those are really nice as well i'm trying to think off the top of my head oh the arizona coyotes did another one of their kachina jerseys this time with an orange background you can't go wrong with that that logo and that setup um and then there's a couple that i really didn't like i think the calgary flames had a really weird jersey i don't mind the the whole jersey itself but they got this weird little lining on the bottom that i don't think works too well uh the tampa bay lightning did one that is a little bit of a uh, a polarizing one it's got a bunch of like graphics and stuff on it i think it's really cool but a lot of people don't and then detroit and chicago did these really weird like identical jerseys like looked like the original six jerseys i think with just stripes and the word chicago or detroit on it i think those are really boring as well but overall whether 30 32 teams I think I probably really like 26 of these jerseys, 28 of these jerseys. I think the NHL did a really, really good job with reverse retros this year. Um, I think they're finally sort of branching out and going away from just kind of boring color schemes and, and like, you know, one or two colors on a jersey. They're really going bold this time, and I'm looking forward to seeing what that means for the future of NHL jerseys. Um, that being said, though, that is all the time I have for you guys today. I want to thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys subscribing on YouTube as well. If you haven't, check out the YouTube channel at Locked On Blues. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. That way, whenever a new video comes out, you'll be the first to know. Uh, follow me on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. It's completely free, as always. I'm doing the show three to five times a week, mostly five times a week, as we're getting back into the swing of the regular season. Um, you can follow Locked On Blues on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.